Welcome to Beyond the Shadows on the Mike Rickstecker Audio Journey on MikeRickstecker.com. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, is Shauna Walko, our chat shenanigator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole and a fantastic writer in her own right. Two rights for the price of one. <laughs> Give me the eye roll again. But, uh, yeah, we have an interesting show up for you tonight. So um, we're going to be talking about a lot of these different uh, movie characters, They could be monsters, they could be ghosts, they could be different interdimensional entities, whatever. And if they could possibly be real. This kind of plays um, off of last week's topic, which was a great one from Shauna, uh, which was about if a house could become a tulpa. And so in a lot of these cases here, um, they may actually also be be tulpas. So... um, let me make sure the chat is updated here on the page. Yep. Okay. Very good. So there we go. So yeah, um, I, I picked out some different ones that we go ahead and get uh, talking about as far as starting a conversation. I'm sure you guys will throw down some things there in the chat and uh, we'll just get get rolling. So let me go ahead and bring up Let's see, that's Andrea's book. We don't want that. We want, we'll just start with the, the first one that I have on here, uh, La Llorona, uh, which is a, uh, you know, it's one of those Mexican folklore legends. A lot of people uh, say that she is actually real. And I don't just mean from the movie that was just released earlier uh, this past year. Um, I've, I've had this out there as a, I don't know how many of you are actually on TikTok. But I've had this out there as a TikTok video for, I don't know, a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what, something behind you? I was just making sure Ghosty's still, or nobody's Scully on fire. is still sitting up. Yeah, nobody's on fire. Here we go. Yeah. Um, just checking. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I've had that out there on TikTok for over a month now. It's got over a million views, uh, the the first snip. I mean, you can only do a, a minute long on that. And a lot of the feedback that I've received on that video from people that are living in, like, Mexico, Honduras, a lot of the, uh, you know, Central American countries down there, uh, even people, you know, up in Texas, like around the El Paso area and what have you, are saying that, you know, they have either they've heard her or they're, their father, their mother, their grandmother, their uncle, whoever is actually seen her or heard her cries and, and things like this. So there are a lot of people in that area of the country that will say it's not just a story, it's not just a tale, it's certainly not just a movie. It's actually some sort of real phenomenon that is going on, that she, you know, did really exist. And um you know, I, I'm not sure whether or not she really exists. I, with any legend, with any ghost story, I will say that there's always a, a nugget of truth in there somewhere. So to me, I would say that there was probably a woman at some point in time who did this to her children. I mean, there's modern day occurrences of that. So it makes sense to me that, you know, back then, 
you know, at that time when the story first started, you know, coming about that, that probably happened. Um, and then, you know, the ghost stories have, have come out after that. Um, but there's even some people that will attest to, well, maybe it, uh, cause there's some Greek mythology that is similar that, you know, people say, well, maybe they actually pulled from that. And I mean, it, they could have always pulled some roots from there, but Shama, um, you know, a lot of the investigations that we do, a lot of the stories that we cover on this channel, um, you know, this is a real thing where, you know, there are the, are those nuggets of truth in there that we come across that the stories originated. Mm, like Swift Mansion. Yeah. AKA Gorefinch, whatever they want to call it. But that's, that's one of the better examples of one that we've been to. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, they call that the Gore Orphanage where there was never really a Gore Orphanage. Is it, It's based on the name of the street, you know, but there are a lot of nuggets of truth within that tale. You know, there was a fire, just not when they said it was, there were children abused, just it was not in that building. It was up the hill. Um, so we do have some comments already about La Llorona in there. Terry Tormito saying she's also big in Los Angeles. Um, Lindsay Haynes Tully asked, does La Llorona have its origins in indigenous folklore? Um, origins in Mexican folklore, but it is spread out from there. Um, there are, well, I'll say this, there are some uh, possible links back to some Aztec link, uh, legends. So it's possible that you know, the Mexican folklore, of course, would have been after uh, the, the Aztecs were wiped out. So they could have pulled from some of those stories as well and incorporated it into their legends as well. So it's hard to know for sure, but you can trace back a lot of history, legends. Um, like I said, you could, you could even trace it back to the Greeks that you know some of these things are, are, are possible. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so Ashley Wilson Reeves, if someone was, this is, I think this might be off topic. <laughs> um, if someone was shot and killed in the very bedroom of a house you bought and slept in, but no one gets any bad vibes from anywhere in the house, uh, heard he was an abusive man killed by his teenage son on Halloween night. Could it kind of be a justice is served in just a clean house sort of thing? I didn't quite follow that actually. Um, so apparently something bad happened in this house. I, I don't know. We'll go ahead and answer the question. Just could you kind of, you know, clear that up a little bit? Because I'm not exactly sure. I mean, did it stop happening or something? I'm not sure. Um, so let's see. Terry Tormino could have done a better job with the movie. Yeah, I mean, the movie itself was okay the La Llorona uh, movie. And there's a couple of them out there, but the, the big one that was, you know, produced by James Wan that kind of goes into the whole uh, Conjuring movie universe. Um, it was okay. It just didn't really explore any new territory. Um, it did take place in Los Angeles, which, you know, Terry is saying that, uh, that she's big there as well. So, and that's kind of another thing that's interesting is you get into the, the comments there uh, on the TikTok clips and they, they kind of fight and argue a little bit over no it's just a you know mexican folklore no it hasn't spread out anywhere else and other people are like no it's here too so 
you know, it's it's funny. Um, I think I I was reading her. What did you catch? Um, well, let me find it again. Okay. Um, the one where the guy was shot and killed and nobody else picked up any bad vibes from anywhere in the house despite the traumatic event that happened. Oh. Um, I mean, it depends on if everybody else in the house or if anybody else in the house um, normally feels things in other places and even though this event happened they just don't feel anything in this one or are you saying that you know usually when a traumatic event happens is usually when there's at least something residual yeah i think with the way you read it that maybe the the question is more along the lines of you know why does it why does it seem okay why are there no bad vibes if this tragedy happened there um just because a, and that was kind of a question from last week uh, when we did the the house topos. Um, but just because a tragic event happens doesn't necessarily mean that the energy gets captured into the house. Um, you know, I, I think we said last week that the only way to really know for sure is to actually investigate every single house that has had some sort of, you know, bad moment like that where there's been a murder or there's been a tragic death or whatever um but i, I think it just depends on whether or not that energy actually gets captured and i think in some cases it it doesn't you know it's just boom it happens and it's it's out in the universe but um you know we talk about stone tape theory and of course it's just a theory so we don't know for sure but uh the theory is basically that energy gets released it gets trapped into something in the location and then years later or however long later there's something that sets it off and it plays like a recording well if there's nothing there to actually trap it and record it in the first place you need like some sort of media present uh, to do that then it's not going to be able to get trapped and recorded and play back later so um but again that would just that would take investigating (laughs) so um Um, so yeah, Lindsay Haynes, you could weave that into this topic about La Llorona tragic event leading to a supernatural entity. Well, that's true. You could, um, because yeah, I mean the, the story with La Llorona is that, um, you know, she had, I mean, she was happily married to a, um, to a guy who he came from wealth. She came from poverty and they had a a couple of uh, children together. But he would go away on business a lot, and one day he came home with a, with a, with a new woman, younger woman, and so she was so traumatized uh, by that that she decided to take from him um, what meant most between them, which was the children. So she she drowned her children. Then, upon realizing what she did, uh, she took her own life. Then, um, now of course, the part that becomes legend is. Uh, when she went up to the pearly gates, she was not allowed in because she had done this. And so um, she keeps returning and going back and, and, you know, killing other children, trying to take the place of her own children. Um, So, and she's called the weeping woman because of course she's crying as, as she's doing all this because she's so traumatized by the fact of what she had done. So, 
Um, you know, I, d- I do believe it's probably based on a, you know, real life incident that had happened. Um, as far as like the actual ghost, the actual spirit, jury's out for me. I've never experienced her, but like I said, I've, I've been getting all kinds of responses that a lot of people have experienced her. So, um, all right. So another one that I threw out there, um, and we're going to get into some actual, maybe I should go here first. I don't know which with um okay there's la llorona but okay so there's legends of skinwalkers so these are supposed to be um shapeshifters that uh you know ancient navajo legends that um shamans you know after going through a ritual and you have to basically be invited by another shaman who's a part of this almost like cult um to become one of these things and become a uh, a skinwalker well i've thrown out the idea of well wait a minute what if <laughs> dracula's a, a skinwalker and, I, and I'm not trying to be silly, but it makes some sense because um, he is actually a shapeshifter. So, you know, you, uh, you, know, you, you read through the story, and I know it's, you know, okay, Bram Stoker thing is a, is a work of fiction, but, um, you know, he's, he's a bat. He's a... Um, you know, you can turn into a wolf. Um, Dracula Untold, they show him as like a swarm of bats. So there's a lot of different forms. Now, and it, well, actually what I like about the Dracula Untold is that it does actually go into the backstory of Vlad Tepe's um, and actually depicts that he, he made this sacrifice in his life to become the vampire in order to, uh, in order to win the battles. Uh, which is kind of an interesting take, but you know you have these these different legends of things like skinwalkers that that exist, and a lot of people do believe in shapeshifters. Um, you know, and Shana, I know like a lot of the books that you read talk about shapeshifters. So I don't know if you have an opinion on this at all. Uh, Laurel K. Hamilton writes about shapeshifters a lot, so I'm a big fan of her work. I've personally never seen a shapeshifter. Thought I might have felt something that kind of ran along those lines once before, but I never saw it actually take place, so I can't say, oh, yeah, that's a shapeshifter. Uh, looked human, but felt like an animal's energy. So, you know, I'm not an expert on the subject, so I can't say for sure. I just know what I felt at the moment. Um, so I can't deny it, but I can't prove it either. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I'm probably going off on a, a bit of a tangent here, but you, you look at the way that our legend and lore is created. So, you know, we've taken something like Vlad the Impaler and his history um, and, you know, okay, the impaling of people upon the, the spikes and, you know, it's very tragic. Um, but there's an interesting point of, you know, by doing these different things. I mean, he was basically 
trying to stop the the Turks, the Ottomans and the Turks from invading Europe and and, um, and taking over. You know, and he was successful in doing that. Uh, people can make an argument that by you know impaling people upon the the spikes like that, he developed a very uh, nasty reputation, and people feared him uh, for that. So, you know. At some point in time, it's like, oh, maybe we don't want to go up there and get impaled. You know, <laughs> you know and there were drawings made of him basically dining while all these, you know, bodies were up on the on the spikes. It's kind of, you know, he's sitting there like, hmm, um, you know, eating my meal, and you know, right next to all these dead and dying guys. It was pretty horrific. So these elements were used in the story of of Dracula and Bram Stoker wrote that now he also took from um you know legend and lore of the time so um you know vampirism uh became a big thing during the 1800s when and even before that with tuberculosis which when they called consumption at the time because basically you know you were um you're bleeding out a lot your body was basically consuming itself um and there was a lot of blood loss in this so there were a lot of stories about you know vampires coming in the night to suck on your blood and, and things like this um there was also things going on uh within eastern europe that came over to america where they were um you know because of consumption that was going on in the area at the time they started saying well there's vampires this person just recently died let's go dig them up oh it looks like they've been coming out in the middle of the night basically because of different things like you know it looked like their fingernails were growing well basically that was the skin receding but then they do things like chop off their heads and you know put a stake through the heart to make sure that they were you know really dead and things like that so all these things got you know i mean they spread around from europe to america there's a lot of stories from um you know like around the rhode island area uh, we had Keith Johnson on last year talking about a lot of these things. Um, it was found it, within Bram Stoker's notes, um, the uh, the case of Mercy Brown, and and uh, yeah, like newspaper clippings from uh, from her case there in Rhode Island. So you have all these things that are mixed into his storytelling, and so it's this interesting mixture of. Uh, you know fact and folklore and so it starts blurring the lines of what's real and what's not you know and if you know going right back into the skinwalker thing you know if those things are real shapeshifters you know is some of what bram stoker wrote about you know things that really happen like shapeshifting so uh i know i was talking for a while here so let's see if you guys have any uh questions or comments here um so andrea agra saying aren't vampires people that drain your energy well those are called energy vampires so you know basically a vampire would be something that drains somebody of something right so it's basically based off the vampire bat uh, which a vampire bat does drain blood um that's specifically what it's going for because it and it if it didn't do this it would die um, it in itself loses blood throughout the day and, and therefore needs to go and suck on the blood of some other uh, living organism in order to replenish its own blood. So that's what it's based off of. That's where the Dracula vampire legends come from. The whole energy thing is kind of like a newer thing that we've been talking about here for, for several years in which um, you know an energy vampire will feed off of the energy of a person. 
So um, some of that does come over into um, shadow person lore uh, with with the hat man. The hat man is uh, considered by some people to be an energy vampire. So I don't know if you have any comments about energy vampires. No. Like, no, you just want me to monologue? Okay. Not really. I've, I've, I guess I've never encountered one. I suppose I would know if I did. Yeah. Yeah. And Carrie Parrish is on there. Just calling him psychic vampire. Psychic vampires, energy vampires. It's all. Yeah. Um, Terry Tormino, Bram Stoker's novel still holds up today. Um, I'm actually, I have, I have it loaded up on my, um, as a uh, audiobook right now when I've been driving around the car or doing something in the house or going on a walk or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It, and it does hold up pretty well. Um, <laughs> vampires are cool. Dave Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. Um, what is interesting. So we have had on this channel, um, a couple of years ago, you know, people that role play the whole vampire thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there are people that today do say that they are, you know, vampires. I look at it as they're more playing the role of, of taking the legend and lore and, and playing that out. Um, some of them, I guess, do, you know, drink some blood. Um, but it's not like they're biting into somebody's neck and draining them and then they become, you know, undead and they live forever. You know, that whole part doesn't happen. So, um, see andrea says i heard vampires don't know they are vampires um i don't know i've never met one so i can't ask (laughs) (laughs) so uh betty lange asking shapeshifter skinwalkers are the same so uh basically skinwalker is a is a type of shapeshifter coming from the navajo legends and again we actually have to take this with a grain of salt because um Native American cultures are very guarded over their their legends and lore. Um, some people have been willing to share some of that information over the years, but when you go back to try to confirm with others, they they don't want to talk about it. So, um, in anything that we actually know about those things, we kind of have to take with a grain of salt and trust that the the Native American that spoke about it was telling us the truth because they're not supposed to speak about it with us. Um, but yeah, basically it's supposed to be a, um, a shaman, a native American shaman who has gone through a specific ritual, um, to become this thing. So, um, let's see, werewolf is shapeshifter. Yes. Um, okay. So Lindsay Haynes totally LARPing. Yeah, it's kind of like LARPing <laughs> when they're doing that role playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep, they get teeth and fangs, have covens. That's some, yeah, um, they do. So there are specific, almost like tattoo artists. They, they go in and they'll have the teeth done and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, one of the guys that we had on the, on the show did exactly that. That was his, that's his job. <laughs> I knew a couple of them. I've known a couple of people over the years that have done that. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I mean, I would get like the little adhesive things to kind of, you know, play that at Halloween time. But yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want it all the time. No, no. That'd be a bit much. So. um, 
All right, so let's move on to another one. You guys are free to like throw some things down there, and you know it. It, it is uh, interesting about how you know they may be real, they may be not. So, um, like uh, Lindsay saying, the the novels say that they can only hurt you if you really truly believe that they exist. So, do you believe they exist or not? <laughs> Um, so let's go into, that was Vlad. So another one, this has kind of been a big deal in recent years, has been Slenderman. Is he real or not? This kind of goes back into the Tulpa stuff that we were talking about last week. You know, primarily we were speaking about houses last week. We did mention Slenderman, uh, last week, but, um, yeah, interesting character here in that, you know, he has, you know, his origins are purely fiction. Uh, his story was invented on a uh, internet forum, and it was part of a Photoshop contest. Uh, the creator of that, his username was Victor Surge, and on the forum they were just doing a, uh, you know, a, a little Photoshop contest where you submitted a photo, um, and so he created that, you know, creepy photo and gave a little story to it. Now, you weren't required to, to give a story along with the photo, but he did. And I think that's what made it kind of take off. Um, he created two like that. And then others, they really liked what he had done because I mean, it was kind of just creepy. Like, you know, here's this primarily photos of, you know, kids like on a playground and running and stuff like that. But just, you know, kind of in the background very subtly is this you know, dark figure like that. And then he had the little story that went along with it. And people thought that was very creepy cool and started doing the same thing, creating their own, you know, Slender Man photos and adding to the story. And it just snowballed and took off. Now, the reason why we can sit here and ask, okay, is this thing real is because there is... Um, an idea out there right now that he may be real based on the idea of a tulpa or a thought form in which so many people now have actually believed in him that an entity out there has latched on to that thought being out there. Hey, there's all these people that believe in this thing. I will actually take on his persona and become him. So... I will probably never meet this person thing. You'll never meet the Slender Man. I never will. I don't, (laughs) nothing, I say it. So far, nothing creepy like that ever happens to me. It's usually just spirits. Yeah. Ghosts. That's it. Fairies. I'm going to call them fairies because I want them to be fairies and because they act like fairies. But I'm going to call them that. Um, that's it. I don't ever get any of this uh, the stuff of lore and legends. And <laughs> I'll never see Bigfoot, you know. I'll never until see she gets s- eaten by Bigfoot. Yeah, I'll never see Slenderman. Well, I don't ever go off alone in the woods, so that's probably never going to happen to me. Okay, He'd so he'll be, be he'll eat both of us. Yeah, well, he'll eat you first because I'm sure I run faster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, he eats you first because in the woods, you know, I was like, oh, no, I let you go first. So, yeah, he'd probably get me first. Right. 
Yeah, because I usually go last. But in right, the woods, but in the woods, you want me to go first because booby traps. Booby traps. Yes, and just in case there's a booby trap on the path, just even if it's spiders. a deer track. Even if it's spiders, spiders. Yeah, you know. I get that, but booby traps. You specifically said booby traps. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case somebody <laughs> along this deer track built a 50-foot pit with spikes. Yeah, Vlad the Impaler did. Uh, <laughs> well, you're going to live to be 126 years this old. This is so true. This is true. A booby trap isn't going to take you out. Yeah. Uh, Terry Tormino, creepypasta guy. Yeah, he's one of the many stories on creepypasta. And I think that's a common... Um, that's a common misconception. I think a lot of people believe that creepypasta is just Slenderman. But if you go out to the creepypasta site, they have all kinds of stories out there. Slenderman just happens to be where they have taken all the Slenderman stuff and, and, and put it. Um, so let's see. Andrea Agassane, two idiot girls killed another girl for a supposed Slenderman. They didn't kill her. They tried to. Um and they're both still incarcerated. But yes, they believed that if they killed their friend, then um, they would be invited to, they would become Slenderman proxies and be invited to live with him uh, in his house in the forest. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, but it's true. I know. I, it's true. It's I know. absolutely true. Uh, we covered that on the Slender, Slenderman video on the Haunted Room Media YouTube channel. It's incredibly sad. It is really sad. And it disturbing. Is. Yeah. And but, may, um, I feel sorry for their parents. And wonder where they are, yeah. And the, they're these lives of these kids that are doing this stuff because I would like to think that my children would not ever attempt something like that. Oh. I play enough of a part in their life that I don't think, you know, that that would happen. So it's very sad. Yeah, it's very sad, very disturbing. Um, they this is basically they tried to make it real. The girl did survive, which is good, um, but like one of the knife wounds came within like a millimeter of a major artery or something like that. And so it was very close. Um, but she did, she did live. So, um, Betty Lange, why would a certain group of people need slender man? I, I don't think that they need him. Um, I, I think they latched on to, uh, what they thought was a kind of creepy, cool story. And the fact that they could add to it themselves, you know, it was, um, one of those group collaboration creative ideas. Um, you know, I think one of the issues that happened um, that helped cause people to really start associate themselves with Slenderman is even though he just started off as like the creeper um, there with children, he was you know, basically supposed to take children and, and you know, do away with them. Um, but then they, kind of made another side of him where kids could actually associate themselves with him in that, you know, when he was growing up as a little slender kid, apparently, that he was bullied and picked on. So then then kids actually started sympathizing with him, even though he's supposed to be the, the internet boogeyman, they actually started sympathizing with him because they created this backstory um, somebody did along the way that... Um, you know that he had been bullied and abused um so the the person who originally came up with Slenderman, he did not create that part of the story it was other people along the way as more and more people started adding and adding and adding to the story um came up with that so 
know, the question out there now is, you know, okay, we know that the origins of Slender Man was not real, completely fiction, but is he real now as a tulpa? And that's what people keep throwing out. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, yeah, he is. You know, I think in some ways, because there is, you know, this concept, um, you know, born out of t Tibetan traditions of the idea of a, of a thought form manifesting itself into something real um, that I mean, you could say that with anything. You could say, and we talked about Dracula earlier, we could say, oh, Dracula is real because, well, um, enough people made a topa of Dracula. You know? So, yeah, I'm not going to say Slender Man's real. I'm not even going to say that there was a topa of him running around out there. Um, those couple of girls were extremely disturbed and misguided. Um, you know, I don't think there was a, a real Slender Man sitting out there in Nicolette forest and no. um so Lindsay haynes totally do you think that individuals with pk abilities around the world could have learned something about something like slender man which could have caused it to form into existence that's that's kind of the idea there of of the tulpa that um you know in with the Tibetan traditions a single person could do this um but the idea that we call quote unquote topa now is like many people coming together and through that thought that thought form that everybody has put together a uh, and many of them could have pk abilities whatever that something is latched onto that idea some sort of supernatural interdimensional being or whatever has latched onto that idea and decided to become that thing whether it's slender man or something else um, Betty Lange, people have always been afraid of the woods after dark. What lurks there? Yep, that's true. There's something uh, definitely mysterious uh, about the woods. Tom McNicholas taking off. Good to see you, Tom. Thank you again. You'll catch the replay. Okay. Um, so let's see. David Wilkerson, what makes Slender Man appear? He just kind of starts getting creepy and he appears <laughs> you know it depends on which story you're reading because there's a lot of different stories people have written about slender man um let's see and some people are bowing out uh which is fine because it's, it's getting late i understand that Rin oaks says spiders are fantastic and wonderful creatures <laughs> i think shauna would disagree i forgive you yeah. I mean, I know they eat bugs or they eat mosquitoes or whatever, but I've said it before and I will say it again. If they could do it while being still and not move, I would be better. Or if they would take like spider or take mosquitoes and what in like mass quantities and suck them in <laughs> like a vacuum cleaner, I would keep one in a cage in the backyard. But they don't do that. And they're creepy when they move and I don't like them. So, right. but to each their own. <laughs> uh, Robert Hanna saying the Hatman encounters helped inspire the Slenderman myth. Well, I would say because um, Slenderman doesn't wear a hat, uh, but some of the shadow shadow people um, stories have. I get that question a lot since I you know 
uh, do presentations about shadow people, I do get that question a lot about is Slenderman a shadow person? No, because uh, Slenderman is a you know, fictional thing. Could be a Tulpa, don't know. Um, but did some of the stories about shadow people over the years help inspire that? Yeah, it would be more of the humanoid figure shadow people. Um, but also, if you look at the way Slenderman is dressed, there's also some men in black influence there as well. So, um, but it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, you have all these different people coming together to add to this folklore, and they're pulling from a, a lot of different other sources to create this. Um, so, Carrie, one of the girls was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just a real shame. Um, Robert Hanna loved your facial expression which I guess <laughs> had to do with the spiders um, mm. alright so let's move on from there and you guys can throw down other beings and entities and monsters and this again this is kind of you know are these different things from you know you know the movies the movie entities ghosts monsters could they possibly be real so Let's talk about another one that's become kind of famous these days. This chick, <clears throat> Annabelle, is she real? Well, not like that. We just we just watched um, mm -hmm. Annabelle Comes Home um, last night. Didn't watch it at the theater. We watched it last night on uh, Vudu. And um, I'll say this just to give a quick little movie review. I like that it was a slow burn rather than like a whole bunch of jump scares. I think there's one jump scare in the whole movie. Um, they set up some to be jump scares and then didn't do the jump scares. Uh, so the, I like that it was mostly kind of a creepy, slow burn type of a movie. Um, they they deviated from the story that, I mean, you can go to the Warrens website and get the story um, that when they brought Annabelle home, they they didn't put her in that case immediately, and that's basically what they showed at the beginning of the movie is they brought her home, they, they put her in the case. Um, it took some time for them to figure out to do that. They had her sitting in a chair. She was in Ed's office, and there was a younger priest, not the older one that they showed in the movie, a younger priest that came by and um, basically scoffed at it and said, oh, you don't have you know any, you know any real power. He gets in a car accident. Then there was a young couple that was by uh, to check out the museum. They laughed at Annabelle. They ended up in a in a motorcycle wreck. Um, so that's when they decided to put it in the case. That wasn't the movie. <laughs> the The movie had to do with Judy, their daughter, and the babysitter, and um, and all that. So you know, fictional story that's that's portrayed there, but. You know, I still thought it was, as far as the storytelling process, making it more of a slow burn movie, more of a creepy movie, rather than all the jump scares, I thought was was good. Um, that said, um, you know, the Annabelle doll, the real one, is real. It's a Raggedy Ann doll. So the doll itself exists. Um and they did actually show a Raggedy Ann doll in the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's Lorraine with it. And then this is the real the real case. Uh, you know, positively do not open. And she's still in that case. Um, so 
yes, the doll is real. The doll does exist. Um, as far as the story associated with her, I mean, that's up to you as to whether or not you believe the warrants because basically any corroborating evidence or the people involved with those stories, as far as I know, none of them have ever come forward to corroborate the story that the Warrens have put out there. Again, you can go to their website and, and get that story. And that is um, the Annabelle video that we have on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. That is the the Warren story that, that they told, you know, because it's really the only one out there. Um, you know, as far as like all the movies and what they've been showing, like Annabelle Creation um, or even the first Annabelle movie, which wasn't very good at all um you know that those are all fiction they're interesting tales um and i did like how with annabelle creation they linked it back to that first movie it had a nice twist ending i liked that about it but they're, they're fictional tales um so um let me scroll down here, see what you guys have. Uh, Andrea Agra saying, okay, question seriously, what would happen if Annabelle got out? Maybe that movie would happen. <laughs> and there's really only one way to find out, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and I guess it all depends, you know, would the same, and if, if that movie does have some shades of truth in it, then would that be the outcome for everybody that come into contact with the doll? Yeah. I mean, they they do move the case. The case has been on the move, um, but the doll itself they keep in there. So it's it's yeah. I mean, it, there is certainly a part of me that's like, let's see it happen. Let's see what happens. Kind of hmm. like the same thing with Robert the doll. You know, let's see what really happens. You know, it's that curi curious nature. So, uh, Lindsay Haynes totally says it bugs me that the movie went out of their way to create this over the top doll for Annabelle. The Raggedy Ann doll is way creepier. Mm. Yeah, I totally get that. You know, and of course it would stay true, but I'm sure, you know, for one, because people will comment that on some of the different videos we do and everything about that whole thing between the Raggedy Ann doll and, and what they came up with. Um, I'm sure, especially for the first time they showed that that thing on film, that there was a licensing issue. You know, it's um, it's Hasbro that owns the license to Raggedy Ann, and so in order to use that throughout the film, they would have had to pay however many X amount of dollars to license it if Hasbro would have let them. Um, and of course, there's merchandising and all that stuff. So, you know, you're making a horror movie raggedy uh, I totally get what you're saying about it. it would be creepier to have that innocent thing they could play it that way but I think a part of them was like well we could just go like over the top creepy cool you know we can merchandise the hell out of that which they have um, but yeah I totally get what you're saying that the real one being that innocent looking and still doing evil things there's definitely a scare factor to that and those cloth dolls are creepy on their own anyway yeah, you get creeped up by cloth, cloth I mean, dolls. the china dolls are kind of creepy, you know. The dolls are still creepy kind of to me, I guess. I, I don't know. 
Just some of them, like those porcelain dolls. Like there's mm-hmm. that one over there that's just kind of creepy. But those ones that are like all decked to the nines, and then they have those eyes just kind of go wherever right. where you go. I don't like those. <laughs> they follow you, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I love my Raggedy Ann doll. My oldest sister sewed her. Now they use dolls to scare you. Is the thought there? There more than the doll. Um. Yeah, I mean, I had a Raggedy Andy. I was fine with that, but um, I mean, they use dolls in these movies because people get really creeped out by a lot of these different types of dolls, especially the you know the old, like you were saying, kind of the old porcelain ones. Um, I remember the one up in the attic of my grandparents' house that had been my grandmother's when she was a kid. No idea where it is at now. Um. But I remember when we were kids, we got creeped out by that because it was freaking creepy looking. It was the creepy doll in the in the baby carriage upstairs, yeah. Hmm. So, but that had been my grandmother's when she was little. Um. Okay. Uh, apparently, Robert the doll has been out of his enclosure, even sat on Douchebaggin's lap. <clears throat> I didn't know that. Um. And nothing happened to him. I don't know. I mean, I still think that if there is a spirit attachment to Robert the doll, it's Gene and not whatever this spirit was that supposedly came with the doll. Because I don't believe a spirit came with the doll. I think it was Gene all along. I think he manifested PK activity, quote-unquote poltergeist activity, in a very concentrated form directly at Robert the doll. So I think I'm like the only one that believes this, but that's my theory. Question from Kathy Siliento. Was there a spell or prayer of protection over the box she is locked in to keep her from harming anyone or anything? Yeah. Um, so there's supposed to be a prayer done over that like once a week. Um, from my understanding, they still do that. Um, the uh, whatever specialized glass is supposed to be. There There are some wards that are put up on it. I'll bring the photo back up. Um, there are some wards that are put over it. So you can see some talismans. They actually have a tarot card set up there as well. Um, so, but there are things uh, on the outside of the box, from my understanding, on the inside of the box as well. Of course, you got the big cross on the top of the box. Um, so yeah, they've done they've done some different things uh, with the box, and like I said, it's supposed to be um, prayed over or blessed or whatever uh, once per week. As far as that's my understanding. So um, you can't you can't necessarily quote me on it, but you could. <laughs> um, Robert Hanna Annabelle comes home I thought was a well done horror film uh, love they paid respect to Lorraine of uh, Warren of her passing at the end yeah they did say in memory of Lorraine Warren at the at the end since she had just passed um, yeah and I thought they did a pretty good job of just representing 1970s home they had all that uh, clear orange plastic crap throughout the house I remember some of that being in you know my house when I was little, <laughs> very seventy style, especially with the wallpaper and the the way the floor was done in the kitchen and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So let's see. What else do you guys have here? Um, Ren Oak. Yes, we already did talk about vampires. You're gonna have to watch the replay. I mean, if somebody has another, if you have an actual specific question, we could talk vampires. That's fine. And we could talk about anything we've already talked about. You guys can throw some other stuff down there. 
Um, <laughs> Patty Lange was Annapella Skinwalker Shapeshifter. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Haunted doll. Haunted doll. Uh, apparently there's an attachment to the doll. It's really nasty. Um, they ever try to exercise the doll? Yeah. Just didn't work. Okay. I guess. Did I miss that somewhere? No, I was just asking. Oh, did they act, try to exercise did the doll? Did they ever try to like, you know? No. Strap it down to a chair and see if they could like. No, I, I from from again from my understanding, they felt that it was best if the entity remained attached to the doll rather than unleashing it into the world and just keep the thing contained. So whenever exorcisms have been done all over the centuries, where do they where do they send them? Well, Jesus sent them into a herd of pigs and ran it off a cliff. Okay, but I'm talking about after all that. Um, as far as other exorcisms, well, you don't want the, the demon to stay within the person and eventually kill them and destroy them. So, so you sent, you cast it out. Where it goes, you don't know. So it's okay to unleash those, but microphone. not the one. Oh, it's, a, it's okay to unleash those, but not this one. Well, I mean, you're trying to save somebody's life. So, I mean, you can't control where it decides to go, but you're trying to save the person's life. Hmm. You know, it's kind of like, okay. So, person gets into a car accident. Um, car's leaning off a cliff. You drag the person out of the car to save their life. The car falls off the cliff. You cannot control what it hits on the way down or what it hits at the bottom. It could There could be somebody's house at the bottom that it crashes into. Or there might not be anything at all. Or there might be a, you know, a, a bird's nest that it you know, crashes into on the way down. You can't control that, but you did just save a person's life. I was just curious okay. why I want to, you know, why it was okay to cast out, you know, stuff from a human send it to who yeah, wherever I'd, yeah i mean I'd, I'd rather cast it out of a human than i guess or i let me let me say it the other way strike that reverse I'd, I'd rather the uh the demon or evil entity or whatever it is stay attached to a doll than stay attached to a person because you know what a possessed person could you know pick up a knife and get up and kill me i don't think a I honestly don't think a possessed doll would. Because they, they supposedly, they can't really get possessed anyway. It's they're attached to it and they're looking for a human to attach and possess. Hmm. But if, I guess the theory behind Annabelle, it's staying attached to the doll but staying behind this protective glass or whatever in this case that it can't, it can't come out and possess somebody that's trapped in there. So they're trying to prevent a possession by doing that. I Real mean, or not, can't, you make the call. Uh, can't something that's cast out of a human just go out into parts unknown and just find another one? Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen, and we already said this. I don't, I don't know, know what's yeah, don't, don't know. know what's going to happen after. <laughs> but you know what? If you okay. Let's say you, you let it stay in that person. 
once that person dies, because the person will die, whether it's by the demon's hand or of old age, that demon or evil entity or whatever it is is no longer attached to it once the person dies and is now free to go and do the same thing to another person. So it's going to happen anyway. But at least in the process, you were able to save that one person. That's why it's a <laughs> never-ending, ongoing fight against evil. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mike versus Sean of SmackDown here about possession. <laughs> um, uh, Lindsay asks, what are your opinions on the recent obsession with Dybbuk boxes? Um, I think Zach Bagans was trying to make some money. And <laughs> Well, I mean, what? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, it started with him. He's the one that kind of brought these things to the forefront. Um, they've all—I mean—they've been in existence for you know hundreds, if not thousands, of years. They've—they've they've been around a long, long time. These um, demon boxes from uh, you know uh, from the Jewish faith. Um, yeah, I think he you know, popularized it for his show. That's what he does. He exploits something for ratings. Um, I think because it was a new item people really weren't familiar with, jumped on it, and now you see all the Dybbuk boxes coming around all over the place, and other people are trying to jump on that momentum and say, look, we've got it. I mean, I, there have been people that are selling the shit on eBay because they're trying to make a couple bucks. It's kind of like, you know, the possessed and haunted dolls that you find on eBay. I mean, there maybe were a couple of legit haunted dolls on ebay but all of these anymore no so um yeah carrie yeah right uh yeah bagans did get one of those. he has it as a museum in vegas and i'm not going when i go to vegas by the way just to let you know <laughs> um Let's see. Oh, this is a doppelganger question. Betty Langham, Mike, what about a person who looks like you in the world? We met a woman who lived 1,800 miles away who looked like my sister, talked, laughed like her. Do you believe we have identical people somewhere in the world? So doppelgangers. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are going to be people that look like you throughout the world. So, you know, we all come from... I mean, science has proved this. We all come from the same mother millions of years ago. So we all have very similar traits. So you can only mix those together so many times until you start having people that start looking similar to each other. That's why, um, you know, stunt doubles and stand-ins and things like this for movies, that they can find people that look similar to who their actors are. Um, you know, there are... Um, stories about supernatural doppelganger entities that come into this world or interdimensional beings that come in and look like you and and do nasty, nefarious things. Sometimes it's just mischievous, not necessarily evil, but, you know, mischievous stuff. So um, it happens. So there are people that look like me. I look like other people. Yeah. We are actually all related. It's just many times removed. <laughs> many times removed. Um, 
Let me see what else you guys got. Um, okay, Andrea Agerson. Not to go off topic, but Mike, when you saw your shadow figure, did it have bright white lights where the eye should have been? I saw a shadow person in my old house that had bright white light or I think it's supposed to be spots where its eyes were supposed to be. Do you know what that means? Sorry for going off topic. Uh, not a problem. Um, oh, I've had many shadow people encounters. Um, as far as the eyes, um, most people report the red eyes. There are other colors reported like yellow, purple, blue. Um, we as humans try to say that those colors mean certain things like red, evil, and you know, the yellow and all, all those other things are supposed to mean different things. Um, we don't know for sure if that's true or not when it comes specifically to the entity. Um, I have been involved in a case with an entity with red eyes in which that entity was was evil. Um, however, I've also heard reports from other people in which they've encountered a red-eyed uh, shadow person like that, that they were just kind of being creepy and standing there but weren't necessarily doing anything evil. Um, so as far as having eyes or having a different colored eyes, like the blue or the purple or whatever, we can speculate as to what those things mean, but, you know, until we can kind of like put together, you know, several, several, several cases of, okay, these are what all the purple ones have done. Um, you know, it's, we need a lot more data to be able to try to make those type of assessments because right now it's just really sporadic i mean the other colored eyes red is the one we get all the time um but as far as the other colors it's like really sporadic so um and you're saying that these were white i i couldn't tell you exactly what that means other than okay you had a shadow entity in your house did it, I'll ask you this, you know, did it do anything mean, nasty, or nefarious? Was it just there, present? Was it just observing you? Most of these things are just standing there observing, being more like curious people. Um, so, let's see. <sighs> I think we're probably getting close to, yeah. Betty Ling is asking, Shana, you look tired. Are you ready for bed? Yes. And you put yes. Okay. Yeah. With I think several it, S's at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're about at our hour mark here anyway. It's been um, a long day. It has been. And we did go over with Andrea. So it's, it's past midnight in the East. So I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah.